Hello and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Hal, and let's just jump right into it. I recently saw The Black Phone, and it was... fine. Yep, just an all-around fine horror film. Nothing great, nothing terrible. It was about as good as you would expect a horror movie to be. Alright, here's the thing. I'm not much of a horror film kind of guy. I like horror films on average, I would say, but I'm not like a huge horror fanatic. Like, I'm not someone who considers themselves like a fan squarely of horror films. I just happen to like certain horror films. But also, I would not consider myself a fan of, say, mainstream horror. Stuff like Blumhouse produces or like... I don't know, whatever the Conjuring series was. Occasionally, those films might tickle my fancy, but, like, like nothing really from that subgenre ever really grabs me, so to say. Uh, and this one particularly did not grab me. Haha, <laughs> get it? Because the main villain's the grabber. It's funny. So, I will say... It's not a terrible movie. The Black Phone, it, looking at it from like a general point of view, it's fine. It's a good, decent thriller. I think most people who watch it will enjoy it, and that's fine. I just wasn't really that impressed with anything. Like, it's a very creepy story about this child getting abducted by this really creepy guy who wears a mask. And it's like, okay... But the rest of the movie is just kind of boring. Like, a lot of it is spent in this one room where this kid is, like, uh, like, talking to the victims of the grabber who have already passed on to, like, the next life. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. And I like, like, a little detail, like, when he's talking with the kids and he says their names and they're like, oh, I don't remember my name because it's been so long. Which is kind of a neat detail. I I like that. It doesn't really explain it all that well, but, like, it's one of those afterlife things. It's like, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a ghost. I don't know these things, so I don't need to understand it. Basically, anything having to do with the uh, kid talking on the black phone, it's like, yeah, that stuff is kind of cool. I like the effect of having the kid's ghosts being, like, present and visible, but, like, the kid doesn't see them. It's kind of a neat effect, and it leads to some really cool film tricks. I like stuff like that. L- neat little editing tricks with that. That That's cool. Could I have done without them? Sure. Like, I don't think it really takes away from the movie, but it doesn't necessarily add to it either. It's like, whether or not they were shown or not, whatever. But, like, I don't know. I guess it's kind of cool. Basically, yeah, anything having to do with the kid talking on the black phone with these victims is pretty cool, and anything having to do with the grabber, that's really cool. But that's not the whole movie. Like, there's this whole subplot where the kid's little sister has, like, psychic abilities, and she can see in her dreams clues in order to find her brother. And... Uh, why? Like, why is this a part of the movie? 
they probably wanted the sister to play a significant role. But, like, what does this have to do with anything? Like, wh why why establish this character with psychic powers as kind of like a it's kind of like an afterthought like oh she just so happens to have dreams where she can see clues as to where to find her older brother it's just it's never really explained which okay fine you don't have to explain it but then i don't know why include it and also why include it if it doesn't amount to anything like she doesn't save her brother like he gets out of spoiler alert he gets out of it he escapes from the crazed killer individual yeah there goes the tension by the way like like you thought he was gonna not survive he he makes it out don't worry but like the sister had nothing to do with that like they just so happened to be there when he finally gets out she she like her big contribution was that she found the house where the victims were all buried because it's another house because this serial killer has enough money to have two different properties apparently okay like ugh, whatever it's it's just for like the sake of the twist and the sake of the generic plot line this movie's going for and i get it like there's a certain formula you have to follow with horror i guess which is why I don't really tend to like these kinds of movies, because they feel very formulaic. Hey, guess what? There's a lot of jump scares in this movie. Great. I fucking hate jump scares. Not because they actually scare me, but because they feel like cheap scares. Like, I hate jump scares because they don't add anything to the movie. They're literally just characters walking by the camera and, like, the musical score hits like loudly like and that's thanks to like the musical score or the sound editing and sound mixing and it's just annoying because it's just like oh we really got you Ooh, aren't we scary it's like no you're annoying i hate that i hate jump scares and they're still doing it in the year of our lord and savior 2022 i can't stand it i really want horror movies to stop with the jump scares it's really really annoying but, of course, they're going to keep doing them. We still got the FNAF movie to come out, and that's going to be chock full of jump scares. I can't wait. So I'd say, uh, in general, the acting was serviceable. The kids were fine. I can't say they were the greatest child actors. I feel like I was more distracted by their dialogue, and maybe that's what distracted me from truly seeing their performance because a lot of people have been praising the little girl and i just wasn't all that impressed with her and that's probably how that probably has to do with the fact that she was just saying the most weirdest dumbest shit and i'm just like okay whatever but like uh, apparently she was great i don't know i didn't see anything that great i mean she was better than the alcoholic father who was shockingly the worst actor in the movie i was absolutely befuddled by the fact that this guy was as bad as he was <laughs> making it out to be like holy shit this alcoholic father like not only is he a stereotypical 
character how he's just like oh i'm I'm drunk i slur my words and i am i beat my children oh aren't i just so complex it's like i i can't stand alcoholism in movies it's so annoying and irritating i can't stand it but even just that like besides the writing his acting is just terrible he's so bad he's so not convincing and i just can't stand it and luckily he's not in the movie for very long but i just would prefer if he wasn't in the movie at all that's really the the biggest problem with the black phone there's too much in this movie you you want to know how long this movie is 103 minutes now what is that an hour and 43 minutes not terrible like not a terrible terrible length of a movie i mean considering that this is based off of a short story it could have easily been a short film or at the very most an hour and a half why are movies so afraid to be an hour and a half you want to know what's a movie that's an hour and a half long the dark crystal the dark crystal is like 93 minutes or something like that that's great that's awesome Why can't more movies be that length? Why can't they just be shorter? Like, you don't have to be an hour and 40 minutes or two hours or two and a half hours. Like, yeah, I'm not opposed to long lengths in movies. I'm opposed to them when they're not justified. And this here is not justified. There's just way too much going on when really the main focus should just be on the kid in the room. And yeah, that is the main focus. But then you have the little vignettes where it's like, from the sister's point of view and you just have the cops walking around it's just like i don't care for this like the most interesting part of the movie is the boy in the room and even then that comes with its own flaws there's this one part where he actually does escape from the room but it's like okay obviously this is halfway through the movie so he's not going to get away i i can't stand that in movies where it's just like oh is he gonna get away is he gonna escape it's like no because you're paced horribly and you're a formulaic horror movie of course he's not gonna escape what do you know just so happens though he could easily escape from that situation the movie just edits it in a way where he can't escape he gets caught by the grabber and gets thrown back into the room it's like oh great Oh, and he gets thrown back in the room and not killed, even though the grabber could easily kill him. It, it's 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 shit like this. Shit like this is the reason why I can't stand most modern mainstream horror. Because it's so formulaic, and it goes through the same motions you've seen a million times in other horror movies. That's why I would consider my favorite horror movies to be stuff that's not formulaic like that's not considered traditional horror like i love the shining that's considered a classic horror film but it's not considered like traditional horror i love alien that's more so considered a sci-fi film the lighthouse i love that film more as a horror film i love the evil dead movies those are some of my favorite horror films of all time because they're both really creepy really well done special effects and they're really funny when it when, I love horror when it's able to kind of blend itself to other genres and it's able to stand out on its own. Like the film is able to stand out on its own. It doesn't it doesn't rely on other horror tropes in order for it to be good. It relies on its own story and it relies on itself to be good. And 
that's why I can't get into other horror films like The Black Phone because it's de- it's depending on the horror formula. It's depending on the Blumhouse formula of cheap jump scares, kids swearing, 70s nostalgia. It's just like this shit we've seen in other movies and done better in other movies. So I just... I'm very unimpressed with The Black Phone. I will say there are worse horror films than The Black Phone. There are worse horror films I've seen this year than The Black Phone. Fresh was awful. That that I made a lot of comparisons to Fresh uh, as I was watching this movie because that movie deals with a character being kidnapped and being held captive by this creepy guy. But Fresh was annoying and on the nose and clearly was trying to be clever and have themes about like women and dating and abuse and shit like that and it's just it was so full of itself i i genuinely hated that movie so much it it astounds me that movie has so many positive reviews but the black phone to its credit is just trying to be a standard horror film which is to its credit but also to its detriment to me personally so obviously with it being a recent release and it it is out on blu-ray at the time of me recording this am i going to go and get it on blu-ray absolutely not it's not something i would ever really watch again as i've been saying I'm not much of a mainstream horror fan, so this is just not something I really enjoyed all that much. It's one of the better horror films I've seen this year, which is kind of sad, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm not really all that pissed I saw it. I would recommend it to other people. I feel like most people who would watch it would enjoy it, but as for me, I just don't care for it, and yeah, it's going nowhere near my collection and one last thing i want to mention before moving on to the next thing i just want to say it does seem very uh similar to a lot of stuff that's been happening in recent years where especially in like the horror genre you get stuff like it you get stuff like just like they're very derivative of stranger things where they're trying to copy that style where they have like oh you have the nostalgic time period that it's set in you have a bunch of kids swearing you have all these fantastical elements it's like it's very derivative of stranger things hey speaking of being derivative of stranger things stranger things (laughs) so obviously on this show as i've said before we talk about movies and stuff that are in my movie collection so uh the funny thing is i want to talk about stranger things And you might be wondering, well, Stranger Things is a Netflix exclusive. Like, how would I have it in my collection? Well, Mr. Strawman, I'm glad you asked that because I happen to own here Stranger Things on Blu-ray. And not just any Blu-ray, a Blu-ray pack in the shape of a VHS tape. That's not a lie. This thing actually looks like a VHS tape you would rent from, like, Blockbuster way back in the day. It's really really cool 
they actually go out of their way to make it look like it's from like an actual video renting place. You got the little sticker in the corner. You got like little scuff marks on the side to make it look old. It's it's great ad- attention to detail. This this collector's edition Netflix Blu-ray. It's really cool. If I were just owning it off of uh this alone the the way it looks alone like yeah this would absolutely stay in my collection but let's talk about the actual content stranger things itself so i have been meaning to talk about stranger things for a while now i think the last time i truly cared about stranger things was when season three came out back in 2019 um I remember when it first came out and people were kind of lukewarm about it. And I was like, oh, is it really that bad? And then I watched it and I was like, oh, what a shame. And, you know, that really is a shame that season three was as lukewarm as people were saying it was. Maybe it's terrible now. I don't know. I I rewatch, I'm rewatching the series currently and I haven't gotten to it at the time of this recording, but... I'll get to it when I'll get to it. So I just want to say Stranger Things season one was kind of a big deal when it first came out. Like, I don't think people truly remember how big it was because it was big. Like, people loved Stranger Things. People to this day still love Stranger Things because they still have the hype for it for season one. Like, people loved season one. And there's a reason that they love season one, because it was a lot of fun when it first came out. Like, this was kind of a cool thing to see. Like, Netflix wasn't relatively new. They had Obviously, they had had years of being that weird company where you could, like, mail DVDs to yourself and watch them and then mail them back. Genius. I'm sure that was freaking wild in 2000. But, like... Then they eventually started streaming and they became like the streaming platform where they just you could like look up anything and they pretty much had a lot of shit on their uh, database where you could be like, oh, I can just watch this from the comfort of my own home. I could turn on my TV. I can turn on my laptop. I can turn on my phone and Netflix will be there with their library of content. It's like. That was huge back in the day. I remember when we first started using Netflix like that. It was awesome. Just watching this, watching all these different shows and movies that you didn't know were there the whole time. It's like, sweet, I have access to all these things. It was awesome. And just to be the cherry on top, they also had original content. And back then, that was kind of cool. It's like, holy shit, original content. Let's watch that too. Obviously, nowadays, like, Netflix original content is seen as kind of like the worst shit ever. And yeah, like you get stuff like the kissing booth and big mouth and he's all that and metal Lords. And just, I I could list like a whole bunch of just terrible, terrible, terrible garbage. That is just kind of the worst thing ever. But back in the day, the original content was Bojack Horseman and stranger things. You had stuff that people actually liked, like, People liked Stranger Things, not because it had the Netflix brand or it had the Stranger Things brand to it. Like, there was a time when Stranger Things wasn't a thing. Like, people didn't know what it was, and so they had to watch it just because it was this new thing that Netflix was showing. They're like, hey, 
look at this new show we made and people watch it and they're like holy shit we love this i will say though we were kind of i think we were a little too nice to stranger things at first and i get it like obviously whenever something comes out and it's new and we're just like holy shit this new thing is so cool let's praise the hell out of it but even with that said i feel like stranger things is a little overhyped it's not great it's not a great show it's not a bad show the first season at least is not terrible it is decent it it's decently well made like the cinematography is nice the music is really good i love the opening title like the opening credits are fantastic like they're really cool like that song is really catchy and the visuals are simple but it's a simple intro but it's effective like it is nice to watch um and the acting is good i would say the best actor in the whole show was winona Ryder, which the more i think about is actually really impressive because i've never really been impressed with winona Ryder as an actress i even in movies i like like beetlejuice and uh beetlejuice like that she's been in like i don't like her in beetlejuice she sucks in that movie but she is really good in this show like she was giving it her all she was actually like trying it genuinely felt like she was like this crazy person and she was awesome i liked her a lot in this show i was even impressed with the child acting i thought the kids were great millie bobby brown when she wasn't talking was pretty good she could have this like really scary looking stare to her it was really cool finn wolfhard was actually trying something you don't see him do in ghostbusters afterlife uh like it, it was it was cool it was cool watching these little kids actually feel like friends and they feel like kids and they feel like real people it was really cool to watch i was less impressed when it came to other aspects so obviously the grander the grand story of stranger things season one is will byers is this little kid who goes missing and like the whole town kind of freaks out and i was most intrigued with the show when it was about the kids when it was about mike and dustin and lucas and even 11 i was kind of interested in like whenever it was focused on them like that was the best part of the show but that wasn't the whole part of it like you can't just make a show out of those characters like you got to have other characters to focus on if you're gonna make it a tv show and so we got a whole subplot about nancy mike's older sister and I'm not really a fan of Nancy, I realized this time around, watching through this show again. I don't like Nancy. I think she's this petty and just all-around unlikable character that I'm supposed to like because, I don't know, she's a teenage girl and I'm just supposed to like her. It's like, I just... She sucks, man. She just sucks. I don't have any sympathy for her the actress is fine but like you can only do so much when you're written to be so 
generically likable. And she just sucks, man. I don't like her. Jonathan, I'm not a fan of either, just because he seems like the typical weird kid, and he just doesn't act like any weird kid I've ever known. It's just, he, he he's weird for the sake of the plot. Hopper, I sometimes can bear with, but other times I'm just like, all right, you're just, just some generic main cop guy who's just like, oh, I'm going to solve this mystery by sneaking into this facility and punching a guy and that's how i get through it's like oh okay well that's lame <laughs> okay oh i'm punching the security guard and that'll not amount to anything even though it does it's just it's just super cliched stuff like that i can't stand and so it, it, it's it's the little things like that that really do annoy me because they do add up because it's so long. It's eight episodes long and I get it like it's a show, but you do get the feeling that and I get this feeling from like a lot of the Disney plus Marvel shows and Kenobi and the Mandalorian and just like a lot of modern shows feel like they don't need to be shows. Stranger Things could have easily been a two and a half hour long movie. And it would have just it would have been just as impactful as it being like an eight episode miniseries. Because a lot of it a lot of it stems to because it's a show, like the filmmakers feel like they have to stretch it out. And I feel like that really bogs down the pacing. I can't stand when TV shows feel like they're being stretched out. Like I said, the Disney Marvel shows do that. They feel like two and a half hour long movies, but stretched out into six hours. And so you get scenes that are repeated over and over, and you get like unnecessary scenes that didn't need to be there. This was one of my biggest things with Squid Game. Like Squid Game, when it was focused on the actual Squid Games, was awesome. But those first two episodes were such a slog to get through because they knew that they had to like set up so many things and they just went on and on and on and it's just like just get to the actual games themselves like get to the actual shit that the people want to see when it comes to your show don't just put sprinkle it in sometimes and then fill it up with just like garbage that nobody cares about and I'm sorry, Stranger Things Season 1 does suffer from this. There's so many scenes that I just don't care to see. There's so many characters I don't care to see. One thing I actually like about Stranger Things Season 1 is that it actually takes a character who seemed really cliched at first and makes him pretty cool. They take Steve Harrington, who at first seems like this generic bully douchebag jock, but no, he actually learns a lesson at the end and actually goes through an arc, and actually becomes likable, and cool, like, I like Steve Harrington by the end of the show, at first I didn't like him, but like, the show actually decides to make him likable, unfortunately, it does so in kind of a bad way, because it's just like, one scene he's a dick, but then the next scene he's not, it's like, oh, I guess he learned his lesson, because Jonathan beat the shit out of him, like, okay, what a, what a heroic character. He decides to change his ways because another character beat the shit out of him. It's like, I don't, I don't know, that's not really likable. That just means he's a pussy. It's like, 
All right. I, I take it back. I don't like Steve Harrington. He's kind of a pussy. <laughs> but even with that said, like, he's the only character who gets subverted. Like, every other bully character or villain character is just that, a bully or a villain. Like, the big bad government agents are evil because they want to cover up everything. Like, oh, big bad science men. Oh, they're they're the big the big government. Oh, they're bad. Oh, they're evil. Oh, they shoot a guy for no reason. But whatever, they're evil, so it's okay that they did that. It furthered the plot, I I guess. And then oh, you just get like you get like the Steve's friends who are just dicks because they're dicks so then they can make the main so then they can make nancy seem holier than thou you get the kid bullies who are just like hey man you you, hey frog face hey i'm gonna i'm gonna make fun of you and then later on he like whips out a knife and it's just like i'm gonna kill you it's like oh what a what a deep character he is a dick in one scene and a psychopathic murderer in the next it's like wow what what a fascinating character in this totally well-written show i love when bully characters are written to be unlikable and unredeemable that makes me enjoy having them be present in the show i'm being sarcastic i don't like when that happens stranger things is such a fascinating show to me because people loved this shit when it first came out and they still love this shit like there's so many stranger things fans still around which is really funny to me that this show has lasted this long when really it shouldn't have like we really should have just stopped at season one it would have been awesome it would have been great. It would have been just like a really cool miniseries. And I know like it ends with like a lot of like sequel hooking by being like, oh, Will threw up that slug thing. Like, oh, what's this going to amount to? And oh, Hopper's putting waffles in the middle of the woods because maybe Elle's there. It's like, oh, this is great. It's setting up season two. It's just like, yeah, but we don't need to see anymore. Like, the most interesting part of the story was already told. Like, it's why I don't understand why people get excited for sequels of movies made years later. It's just like, why do you want to see a sequel to Star Wars when Return of the Jedi wrapped things up just fine? Why do you want to see another Lethal Weapon movie when the fourth one ended just fine? Well, it didn't end just fine, but it ended. Like, why do people want to keep seeing characters show up? Like, why do they want to keep seeing more? I get it, because we like these things. But I would like these things even more if it was just that. Like, imagine how great Stranger Things would be if it was just that one season. Like, yeah, I've been saying I don't think it's that great, but I would prefer if it would have just been that. Like, just this one season, just this one season, this one line of eight episodes of this really cool mystery set in the 80s, it's just like, great, like, this was fun, but move on to something else. It's like, no, we gotta make seasons two, three, four, and now a fifth one's in development. It's just like, ugh. now you've just made it lame. You've made this world lame because you just had to over explain everything and keep it going and it's just like now i don't want to see it because now i see these kids as young adults it's like great now 
now I don't care. It's the same thing happened with Star Wars. The same thing happened with a lot of things. This is why, even though I'm pissed that Netflix canceled Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, I'm kind of glad they did because we only got the one season. It's like, well, great. From the beginning to the end, that's all we get of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. It's like, okay, great. Now they don't. Now Netflix won't fuck up in season two. Now things won't get overexplained because Netflix realized they had something good and they decided to stick their greasy sausage fingers all over it. It's like, no, now just leave it alone. Great. Awesome. I like when studios don't meddle with my favorite things. Do you know how hurt I would be if Age of Resistance turned out to be terrible in season two? I wouldn't be able to do anything about it. I'd probably just move on with my life. But I'd be pissed. I'd be very, very pissed. And it's just a shame that Stranger Things is in the state that it is now. But I should just judge it for what it was as season one. Because that's all I have right now. That's all I've seen so far in my rewatch is Stranger Things season one. And I could complain about a lot of things. But it is decent. I didn't hate my time watching through it. I was annoyed by a lot of choices, but overall, I can't say it was the worst rewatch I could have hoped for. I actually did enjoy some of season one. Like I said, the cinematography was pretty good. The music was really good. I'm a sucker for synth. What can I say? I love synth music. So, like, there was a lot of it in season one, and I loved every second of it. And like I said, the acting is really good. Some of the characters are very likable. It's a fine show. It's a fine season. It's fine. Like, I like it. Would I watch it again? Probably. Like, I could see myself watching season one of Stranger Things again. Not anytime soon, like, at all, because there are better things I could rewatch, but it's not terrible. So now's the time where I look at this uh, Blu-ray pack before me, and I ultimately decide, is this something worth keeping in my collection? Now, as I said at the beginning, just the detail of this thing is freaking unbelievable. Like, I love it. I absolutely love the design of this Blu-ray pack being like a VHS tape. I wish more things were designed as cleverly as this. Wouldn't that be awesome? But... With that said, as clever of a design as this is, I'm not a huge, huge diehard fan for Stranger Things. I don't care enough to keep it. I don't care to own this and watch it over and over again. And it's a shame because it's a really cool design, and it's really rare for Netflix to put something that's streaming exclusive and make it not streaming exclusive like actually put it out on blu-ray like this is really clever i wish they would do it for other things i wish dark crystal age of resistance had a vhs blu-ray pack like how cool would that be that'd be freaking awesome netflix please put dark crystal age of resistance on blu-ray so i can never watch your garbage site again so yeah is this worth keeping Not really. To me personally, it's not. I don't see myself revisiting this as often as some of my other uh, Blu-rays and DVDs. 
and VHS tapes. And this is just not really worth my time. And I don't see it really being worth my space either. I liked Stranger Things Season 1. I could watch it again, maybe on Netflix. Not my own account, but, you know, somebody else's account, I'm sure. But, uh, I'd say that's a no for me, dog. No Stranger Things Season 1 Blu-ray in my collection. You know, it's funny. I say I keep saying in my intro, hey, uh, I talk about DVDs, Blu-rays, and the occasional VHS tape. But I have yet to talk about an actual VHS tape. But... I guess if we want to be technical, this Blu-ray pack in the shape of a VHS tape is technically the first VHS we've talked about on this show. Okay, I'd say that about does it. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in and hearing me ramble about two different horror approaches starring child actors and being all around fine, nothing special, nothing great. We, that's what we do on this show. We talk about things that are fine. It's fine. Whatever. Alright. See you all later. Whenever that may be. Yeah.